What is up, everybody? Welcome to Rock Video Rental. I am Brandon. Uh, with me, as always, is Caleb. And this week, we are going to be continuing on with our summer theme month. But before we get to that, uh, Caleb, have you been watching anything interesting? Uh, actually, you know, I was trying to think about that uh, before jumping in here. I don't think I really watched much. Uh, it was the holiday weekend. You know, hopefully everybody had a good July 4th and was able to get some off uh, work, some time off of work. Wow. Um, but yeah, honestly, that kind of threw me off because um, I was spending time with family, a little bit of time with uh, some friends. And so I just... Uh, would kind of get home and then crash for the night. So I didn't really do much viewing this week outside of the normal, like, you know, family guy and then catching some of the shows that my wife is watching, which are those amazing, you know, bachelorette, uh, catfish and, uh, was it bachelor in paradise or some nonsense? <laughs> Thunder in paradise. <laughs> That'd be better. Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so basically that's kind of it for me. And if you guys are hearing something different this week, Brandon has upgraded his recording equipment. Yeah, hopefully our audio levels will be a little closer together. Yeah, we're going to be doing some adjusting because it's definitely, I can already tell why we're starting that he sounds different. So uh, once we go into after recording and just uh, trying to adjust levels to be the same and everything, it'll be interesting to see how different it sounds. Right. So what about you? Did you uh, get a chance to watch anything? Uh, we're still continuing on with Friends. Um, again, watched the series like millions of times, so nothing really new there. Uh I'm going to start trying to watch the entire Fast and the Furious series. <laughs> so I started off with the first one. Um, I got part of the way through it and then I had to do something else. But I'll probably finish that. I had to do uh, something better with your life. <laughs> actually, the first one's pretty good. Yeah, I, I actually enjoy the first one. There's a couple of them that I enjoy. Um, and then a couple that I don't remember. So it would be interesting to go back and watch them. Uh, I mean, other than that, just like a lot of YouTube stuff. Uh, I've been watching this one channel called Brutal Moose, and I've told you about him before. Uh, he does a wide variety of things from, like, old school, like, cooking recipes to old educational games for, like, DOS and Windows 95. <laughs> and even things like, he's the guy I told you about that bought a bunch of blank VHS tapes off eBay. Oh, yeah, yeah. And reviewed what was on them. <laughs> oh, gosh, that'd be scary. But yeah, he does a lot of kind of fun, interesting stuff. He's, I don't know, his editing and all that kind of stuff's pretty, pretty cool. So pretty entertaining. Rock. Other than that, that's pretty much it. So let's dive in to the main topic of the week American graffiti. Where were you in 62? Grab the 
that special one and jump into your candy-colored custom or your screaming machine, cruise downtown and catch American Graffiti. American Graffiti? Baby, what's that? It's a movie. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Go back in time. Where were you in 62? Is that you in that beautiful car? Jeez, what a waste of machinery. One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're gonna rock around the clock tonight. What, what did you say? Someone wants me. Someone roaming the streets wants me. And I bet you're smart enough to get us some brew. A ballpoint pen, a pint of old Harper. Okay, you got an ID for the liquor? Not I left it in the car. You'll have to get it before. Oh, well, I I also, I forgot the car. We're finally getting out of this turkey town. You just can't stay 17 forever. If you ever get tired of going to daddy with somebody that ain't around, I'm up for grab. Well, that'll be the day. If I had a boyfriend, he'd pound you. Wrong. Go to hell. Get your boogaloos out, baby. The Wolfman oh, is everywhere. Sixteen candles. You know Toby Juarez? We killed him last night. Excuse me, I think we've had an accident. Well, I won't report you this time, but next time, just watch it, will you? I can dig it. It's one of those great old movies about romance, racing, and rock and roll. Oh, American Graffiti. American Graffiti. Where were you in 62? So the topic of the week is the 1973 movie American Graffiti. It was directed by George Lucas. Uh, the plot for it is a couple of high school grads spend one final night cruising the strip with their buddies before they go off to college. And right off the bat, so this is the first time I've seen this movie all the way through because I think I've seen probably like half of it. Okay. Uh, I watched it with my dad one time on cable. Uh, so it was fun to watch all the way through and to see like this cast um, and I'll say that it, it reminds me of a, a really similar movie from the 90s uh, that also has a really star-studded cast uh, and that's uh, Days of Confused okay but uh, we'll get into like some of the talk of that later but the cast for this movie we got Richard Dreyfus as Kurt Ron Howard as Steve Paul Lamont as John, Charles Martin Smith as Terry, Cindy Williams as Lori, Candy Clark as Debbie, Mackenzie Phillips as Carol, Wolfman Jack as the DJ, and a very young Harrison Ford as Bob Felfa, which is kind of a funny name. Yeah. Like at least his name's not Al Felfa. I know. <laughs> when I heard his name, that's exactly what I thought of too. 
Right. I mean, he's got kind of a funny southern accent in this. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like a brief overview of this movie, it is one of those movies that really doesn't have much of a plot. Um, it's it's like kind of free flowing. Yeah, it's kind of just like being in these guys' life for like one night. Or just think of like back in high school or in college where you really didn't have any plans and kind of just went out to see what was going to happen. And that's basically this movie. Uh, another one of the things that it really has in common with um, Days and Confused is that most of it's spent, around, spent like just driving around and interacting with people. Uh, and we get to see like snippets of like three different groups, maybe not three, maybe more than that, different groups of like people's nights mm-hmm. uh, and just the strange things that happened and that everything gets kind of like tied together at the end. Uh, so, I mean, this movie coming out in 1973 is kind of a, a little before its time, I guess. Uh, even though it's like the movie takes place in 1962. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing I will say that there's a lot of cool cars in this movie. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I have, so I'm with you. I had not seen this movie before. I'd probably seen less than you had, but one thing that I remember from like, I don't know, flipping through channels on TV or something is the strip and all the classic cars that they had in it. Yeah, that's, I remember that. I remember seeing Harrison Ford in it and I remember seeing uh, Ron Howard, which is, he kind of took this to, step out from the the whole OB <laughs> child actor roles that he was given trying to break typecasting. Yeah, and he did a pretty good job. Yeah, he's kind of underrated as an actor and I mean as a director he's he's top notch too. But, uh, I don't know, some of the eventful things in this we get Richard Dreyfus playing the the nervous kind of corgi character that he always plays. In movies, um, he claims he sees this this like beautiful blonde woman in the in a Ford Thunderbird, and she mouths the words "I love you" to him, yeah. and he becomes obsessed with her tonight. And he's trying to get like he's like, "We gotta go find her." And Ron Howard's just like he's not having it. Um, so he kind of like bumps around to like different groups the whole night he's kind of the one that ties things together because his character kind of arches off of like all these other different stories mm-hmm. um and it's it's kind of funny to see just because richard Dreyfus, even back then was so good at playing like the neurotic quirky characters yeah and it's so funny because i looked at him and i was just like he does not look like he just graduated from high school he's he always <laughs> looks old yeah, he's got kind of that uh, that look like Chevy Chase and you know Steve Martin always looked older too than what he was. Uh, Bill Murray's another one like that, mm-hmm. where they always just look like they're at least in their thirties. Billy Crystal's another one too. Oh yeah, <laughs> always just looks like he's in his late thirties. Uh, so, like the interactions with his character are pretty funny. We also get like the token nerd character of Terry. Yeah. Uh, 
he actually Ron Howard lets him like use his car for the night. He's like, you know, typical nerd obsessed with like trying to get some. So he ends up like picking up this girl, and we get to see like the mishaps that happen with him just being awkward and like trying to get someone to buy him uh booze from a a liquor store. Yeah, it really reminded me of like American Pie, Dude, Where's My Car, or different <laughs> yeah. stuff like that, where it's just like this ridiculous nonsense happens, and so much of it in one night. Yeah. Um, and like the scene of him uh, trying to buy the the liquor from the liquor store <laughs> kind of reminds me of the movie uh, The Summer of 42. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Uh, it's from 1971. It's kind of it's one of those quote unquote coming of age movies. Uh, actually, one of the main characters is Ross and Monica's dad. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> from Friends. I thought you were uh, gonna say it made you think it's super bad. <laughs> yeah, that too. McLovin. But I'm thinking maybe Summer 42 might be the first instance of this. But it's like, instead of buying liquor, the kid's trying to buy condoms. And it's really, really, like, uncomfortably awkward where he's like, uh, can I get some ice cream? Um, can I get these baseball cards? Oh, could you throw in some condoms, too? <laughs> <laughs> Which just cracks me up. Uh, thankfully, when I was teenager or in college and had to make any uncomfortable purchases like that you didn't have to buy them behind the counter (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah that's another one of the funny things that happens and then probably the other main one you get is you get uh, John uh, it's Paul Lamont's character he's kind of cruising around with uh, Mackenzie Phillips' character of Carol who's like a younger girl and I guess I kind of forgot why those two got put together. Because at first I thought they were brother and sister, but then you find out that they're not. Uh, you're saying you forgot before you started watching the movie or like you far- forgot partway through the movie? Uh, I, f- I forgot now why, they're, oh, why those they two were, were put together. They were put together because he was cruising the strip and he was next to a car full of girls and he said, hey, who wants to jump in my car? And nobody wanted to except for they said, oh, like Julie's sister will ride with you. And he's yeah. just like, sure, you know, and then she jumps in the car and he's like, what? You're like a kid. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, that's kind of a, a funny thing too because he's like the, I guess like the hunky popular guy. He was like a very good known for like his car and like his street racing and um so now he's kind of stuck with like this annoying young teenage girl and just like he's completely annoyed with her almost the, the entire movie yeah uh, so we get some kind of funny things with them interactions and that's when we get to meet harrison ford's character and his interactions are kind of funny too where he's like introduces himself but he's like um he's like everybody talked about your car but it looks like you're driving your mom's car <laughs> <laughs> yeah the insults were pretty good 
Yeah, and even just like he doesn't have very many lines in this movie, and his character is really not a big character, but he's one of those actors, I guess, even early on that when he shows up, he like steals the scene. Mm. Uh, kind of just he's out there batting a thousand <laughs> this, making the most of the little bit of time he's got, and kind of showing glimpses of the star that he will become. Um, I mean, really, his role in this movie is what got him the role of Han Solo in Star Wars. Yeah, he hung out with George Lucas a lot after this one. Yeah. But it all comes to an end at the end where we we finally get to see John um, race Bob. Uh, they finally, like, Bob finally goads John into it. Uh, and, you know, of course, John wins because Bob's tiger blows out his car and he loses control and rolls over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the car catches on fire. Uh, and and like, they, they end up being okay. You know, they got to crawl out, just got to stagger away before it explodes. <laughs> and everybody's uh, relatively calm. Yeah, everybody's just kind of like, you oh, know, this kind of happens. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, we're we're all okay, but uh, yeah, no, no big deal. It's just car, <laughs> right? Oh gosh, and then the movie kind of wraps up with, um, you know, people leaving for college or you know wherever they're going. Um, you know, we get Kurt leaving, saying bye to his parents. Um, yeah, so the whole time, Kurt Kurt and Steve, Richard Dreyfus and Ron Howard, their characters are getting ready to go to the same college, I think. Yeah, that's what that's with you. And then uh, Steve, uh, Ron, How- Ron Howard is ready to go. He's like, mm-hmm. we're leaving tomorrow. Rich Dreyfus is starting to tell him, hey, you know, I'm not so sure I'm going to be going off to college. But then at the end of the movie, they flip-flop because Richard Dreyfus is the one who leaves and then Ron Howard is the one who stays because uh, to add a little bit more to the story, his girlfriend, Lori, which was Kurt's younger sister, right? I think so, yeah. Um, she and him were going back and forth about like breaking up, not breaking up. And mm-hmm. then she was in Bob's car when it crashed. And so I, it's funny because I thought about that and I was just like, there is no way that anybody, even if you just had broken up or not, no boyfriend, ex-boyfriend would be able to leave the next day. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like against the code. Like, you just can't be that big of a douche. <laughs> so I wasn't sure if he was going to be like, oh, you know, I'm going to stay here and then I'll meet you at college in a little bit. But then the final decision was he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to take a year off and then I'll, uh, I'll join you next year. Yeah, and then his buddy's just like, cool, bro. <laughs> I'd stay back and and date my sister. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think some of my favorite scenes were just like the interactions between um, John and Carol. And then their interactions with Harrison Ford. Those are some of my favorite scenes. Uh, the scenes with uh, Terry, the nerd, in Steve's car kind of remind me a little bit of License to Drive. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, guy's kind of out of his element with a girl that's out of his league and just trying to impress her. Uh, it reminds me a lot of that, which, you know, if you guys have listened to the show before, you know, License to Drive is one of my favorite movies. So that, that made me smile. Um, anything, that, anything that really sticks out to you as like your favorite stuff? Oh, man. I, um, it, there were certain parts that were definitely slow. I mean, um, it was, uh, and how long was this movie? Um, right around two hours, I think. Okay. Yeah. So it, and I noticed right off the bat too, that they were doing a lot of scenic filmography. Like they were showing the cars and all the people on the strip. And then when they had the dance scene, there was like, they were taking in the band a lot and all this. So there was a lot of extra stuff that they didn't necessarily need, but they were kind of glamming it up. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not terrible, but they definitely, uh, it was definitely longer than I felt it needed to be. But I mean, I just, I didn't really know anything about this movie. I did not know it was about, you know, high school students getting ready to go off to college. Um, Like I said, all I knew was classic cars and driving up and down the strip essentially. And so I really like fell in love with this movie. It, It was one of those things where it was kind of like an experience. Like I got pulled right into it and um outside of the slow moments i didn't really like notice time passing because i was just entertained by what was going on there was like Mm -hmm. there was certainly some nonsense i mean some interesting things were um you know kurt got himself involved in a bunch of shenanigans one of which was uh the local gang the pharaohs yeah um they kind of pulled him in and were had him under their thumb um and doing their bidding for a little while helping them to do to steal quarters out of some arcade machines and then also uh he wound up vandalizing a police car (laughs) (laughs) uh so from a little to the extreme but Mm -hmm. uh but yeah no it was oh man i mean we've talked about plenty and each each group had their own interesting factor to watch. I think maybe the least interesting part um, was Ron Howard uh, and his girlfriend, Lori. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, it was kind of an important thing because I feel like essentially there were like four groups we were following, kind of like what you said, because there was uh, Richard Dreyfus, who was Kurt, uh, who was going around all over the place. And then you had Ron Howard, uh, dating Kurt's sister and their dynamic of like breaking up, not breaking up. Mm-hmm. And you also uh, just mentioned about uh, Terry, the nerd, uh, and the girl that he was with and driving the car. And then, of course, you have um, John's character, who's the car driver, uh, going around with Carol. So those were the four main parts. And out of those four, easily Ron Howard and uh lori were the least interesting but it still would not be the same movie if you took them out though right like they were very integral to everything kind of tying together because you had like it it was just a very kind of like balanced experience and they did a really good job of going in between the different stories and not losing you along the way Mm mm-hmm 
there were a couple times where he kind of had to like put the pieces together. Uh, at the beginning, there was kind of a lot going on to try to figure out what they were setting up. But once they set the the story and the foundation and everything, it was just like uh, smooth sailing from there. And I thought they did a really good job. I mean, there there are plenty of different parts that you could talk about and uh, and focus on with this movie. So. Yeah, and, you know, for a movie that doesn't really have, like, I don't know, a simple, straightforward goal, um, like you said, it you know, it might have its like, little slow parts in it, but um, it does pull you in and you get to know the characters, uh, even though that you're constantly switching in between stories. Um, they give you enough time to get to understand each story and the characters involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I appreciated that. And, you know, I saw Days to Confused before I saw this. And I had to keep reminding myself, you know, Days to Confused came like 20 some years after this. So it's not like this ripped off Daisy Confused is kind of the other way around. Yeah. Um, Daisy Confused owes a lot to this movie. I don't know if you have you ever seen Daisy Confused? I don't think I've seen the whole thing. Okay. I mean, really similar story. It all takes place from one night, and you got a bunch of different stories going on at the same time. You get kind of like the, the nerdy guy. Uh, cruise around with like people that he doesn't really necessarily fit in with. Um, and then you get the like the quote unquote cool guy getting kind of stuck with uh, you know someone a little more awkward. Mm-hmm. And like all these you get to know like all these different characters. The cast in both the movies are pretty impressive. Um, I mean obviously this one you get Ron Howard Richard Dreyfus, Harrison Ford, uh, even like Mackenzie Phillips has done a lot of stuff. Uh, and also the the blonde and the the Thunderbird is Suzanne Summers, who ended up being in you know Three's Company and uh, Step by Step. I'm sure you saw that back in the day. I mean, compared to like Days and Confused, it has like Ben Affleck and um, you know Jason London, uh, Matthew McConaughey. That was one of his first big movies. Uh, Renee Zellweger. So, pretty pretty similar movies. Actually, Days and Confused came out twenty years exactly after this one. Okay. So, I mean, if you're like me and you saw Days and Confused before you saw this. You'll see the similarities and you'll enjoy it like I did. Yeah. Um, and um, you you appreciate that this movie came first. Mm-hmm. And also, like Days and Confused, it has a really good soundtrack. <laughs> There's a lot of good, like, early 60s uh, music. You get some, like, Motown stuff. You get some early rock and roll. You get, you know, stuff from, like, the Beach Boys, which is a band that I always enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I've heard that plenty of times growing up. Yeah. Um, I mean, acting wise, it's you know I mentioned the cast is great. 
uh, everybody does a really good job in this and there's no one that really sticks out as uh, maybe, you know, not as solid. Um, man, I mean, even the guy that's a nerd that's kind of like over the top, I mean, he's still kind of playing a caricature, but yeah. at the same time, he was entertaining and he's funny. Yeah, like that's the thing. There was, I would say that there wasn't really, because uh, even Richard Dreyfus, you know, really early in his career, mm-hmm. um, maybe the beginning of his career, I'm not entirely sure, but, um, you know, everybody had rough edges. So it was more so I kind of feel like everybody did a decent job. No one really rised above and there wasn't really anyone terrible or awful. Um, so it kind of did a good job because, you know, sometimes, sometimes when you have like, for instance, let's go back to one of our favorites, troll Two. Um, when you have such a blatantly, gosh, maybe, maybe that's not the best (laughs) example to use, but when there's a performance and there's a blatantly bad performance in the film, like it's easy to stick out and everything. But with this, like everyone did such an evenly balanced job, really, in my opinion, um, you know, I don't really know how to grate really the acting all too well. I mean, because obviously, if you're familiar with Harrison's Ford career, I mean, again, early on, like Richard Dreyfuss, uh, rough edges, uh, nothing too <clears throat> amazing. Uh, Harrison Ford does a singing bit, which is awkward. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if they scripted it to be awkward or just were just like, go for it. Um, but like everybody was kind of on the same plane, in my opinion, at least. Was there somebody that you felt like really underperformed or really rose above everybody else? Um, man, not really. I was actually going to press a Wolfman Jack a little bit. I mean, he's just doing a disc jockey kind of deal. But uh, even like the scene where um, Richard Dreyfus goes into the the radio station and talks to him like he delivered his lines well and like showed emotion and everything and like i thought he did a good job for just you know being a dj because i mean in real life he was just a dj anyway mm-hmm. uh, man i don't know i don't think there's anybody that was really like super standout i, I think everybody was kind of on the same level did a good job um, I will say that I kept thinking like Paul Mott's character was pretty cool. Uh, I kind of like looked at, see what other stuff he was in. Um, I don't think he's been in anything else that I've ever really seen. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think I've seen anything else of his. He was in Burning Bed, which is an interesting made-for-TV movie from 1984. Um, it's actually... So the burning bed, the story of that um, is about this woman in Dansville, Michigan, which is Dansville's over by the place that you and I used to work at together. Okay. Yeah. And it's about a woman who was like physically abused by her husband and she ends up like killing him by setting the house on fire. Ouch. Yeah. 
kind of an interesting movie. Um, I have to go back and watch that sometime. I remember watching it. I, don't, I wasn't a kid. I was like a teenager or something like that. But then I watched it on TV. I forgot that he was in that movie. Um, yeah, like kind of like you said, everybody's kind of on the same plane. You can see flashes of, uh, you know, what Harrison Ford was going to be. But at the same time, there were some rough parts too. But I mean, for being so early in his career, it's going to kind of get it. But um, I would say that like the camera work and stuff is pretty great. Yeah, uh, you know, especially for one of it was one of George Lucas's first movies. Uh, he did what was it? THX eleven thirty eight before this, I think, was his first movie. Um, and then he had this, and then obviously after that he had Star Wars. So good follow up to American Graffiti. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and he, you know, this kind of set the tone for, you know, what George Lucas could do. Um, it really, really helped fund Star Wars. Because this was like a super low budget movie. And I'll get into the numbers when we do the trivia and facts. But even like the dialogue and stuff, I, I really enjoyed this. You know, this is also written by George Lucas. Yeah, it had good dialogue. I mean, it was a lot. There wasn't too much deep stuff. It was just, you know, real life. And and I think that was part of the thing that kind of just set this movie for me. It was just like, I mean, it was a real night of just, you know, high school, college kids hanging out and living life. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. Like, it's it's definitely just... It makes you feel like you're just in a night in the life of one of these characters where, you know, the, the dialogue was reminded me a lot of the Tarantino movies, which is normal everyday conversation. Maybe not like as witty as some Tarantino stuff, but yeah, definitely like in the same areas that. But uh, that's pretty much all I got to say about that part. Um, do you want to get into like the trivia and stuff for it? Yeah. Okay. So I got quite a bit for this. I actually had to whittle it down some, some of the more interesting things. So this movie had a super low budget. Um, due to that low budget, George Lucas was unable to pay all the crew members. Um, he offered to give many of them screen credit in lieu of payment. And they accepted that. So traditionally, only department heads received screen credit, um, giving credit to so many crew members has now become a tradition, which is why the closing credits last so long now. Nice. Yeah. So when Charles Martin Smith as Terry pulls up in a scooter at the beginning of it and he crashes it into the building, um, that wasn't scripted. He generally just lost control of it. (laughs) And Lucas kept the cameras rolling. because the accident and like the actor's reaction to it was like definitely in character. And the incident um, got the first like big laugh from the audience when they did the public premiere of it. Um, so when John and Carol are sitting at the red light and a car full of girls pulls up next to him, 
uh, one of the girls throws a water balloon through the window and hits Carol. Mm -hmm. uh, it was scripted to hit side window and then drench um, Carol's face, uh, who was supposed to be like, like act in anger. Like, however, when like the girl threw the balloon, it actually hit her like square in the face. <laughs> she was unable to like refrain from laughing, uh, but she kept going. And then ad libbed like through the scene, and then George Lucas just kind of kept it because he like thought it was hilarious. Nice. Yeah, I thought I thought that scene went pretty well. Yeah. So one of the main reasons so many studios like initially turned down the script of this was because George Lucas wanted at least 40 songs in the soundtrack, which would have led to like a large bill over the rights of the songs. Uh, Universal finally agreed to fund the movie when um, George Lucas's friend, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, uh, came on as a producer, and he was fresh off the success of The Godfather. Yeah, that's quite a success. Yeah. Great success. So uh, Harrison Ford initially turned down the movie because he was offered $485 a week, which was less than what he earned as a carpenter and not enough to support his family. Um, George Lucas actually bumped it up to $500 a week, and then he accepted. <laughs> it was all that 15 bucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So Paul Amaya, Harrison Ford, Bo Hopkins uh, were often drunk in between takes <laughs> and had conducted climbing competitions at the top of the local holiday inside. <laughs> um, and then Harrison Ford was actually arrested one night while in a bar fight and he got kicked out of the motel room he was staying in. That doesn't really surprise me. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. So this movie is widely considered as one of the greatest movies of all time. Um, it's actually number 62 on the AFI Top 100 list. Um, it might be one of the first movies we've reviewed that's actually on that list. Except for maybe Star Wars and Empire. A hmm. uh, movie was shot in 29 days. Uh, so at the end of the movie, we see like the characters of uh, boarding a plane. So that plane was actually owned by the rock band Grand Funk Railroad. Oh, okay. Who is actually from Flint, Michigan. Hey. Uh, so interesting kind of George Lucas thing here. So Mark Hamill actually auditioned for the movie. Not sure what character, but... Hmm. Uh, he didn't get the role, but George Lucas kept up in mind for his next feature film, which was Star Wars. Kind of glad that he wasn't in this one, too. Yeah, kind of weird. So I mentioned that the budget was really small. The budget was only $777,000. And it made $115 million in the box office. That's a bit of a profit margin. Yeah. And with that, he was able to fund Star Wars. And the rest was history. And that is all I have for trivia. So now we can get into grades. I uh, pulled from the normal two IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think those are? I think I saw IMDb, so ah. I think it got ruined for me. Ruined? 
Was it 7.4? It was 7.4. Ah, yeah. I was looking at the cast list and everything on IMDb, and I scrolled over something, and it popped up. You're killing me, Smalls. Uh, I know. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. Um, you know what? Uh, critic, let's go with uh, 80%. 96. Oh, dang. 90s. Yeah. Wow, I can't remember the last time we had a critic in the 90s. Only Star Wars. Um, <laughs> let's go with, uh, for the audience, let's go with uh, 86. 84, pretty oh, close. Dang it. One of the few, too, that we did where the critic score is higher than the audience. Yeah, very true. So, what would you give this movie as a grade? Oh, man. Oh, man. Um I'm between two grades. Uh, I mean, obviously, like from what I've said and everything, very positive response to this movie. I, I mean, I think honestly with, um, you know, the time that has passed, what, what are we looking at? 50 years here? Yeah. Um, you know, very solid movie, still entertaining, um, and just really kind of captures, as we said, a night in a life of high school and college kids um, in America in, what, the mid-60s, early 60s. And it was just good fun. I, I thought it was going to take a really serious note there at the end, like that the uh, Lori was going to die in the car crash uh, or something like that. Um, and so I was just like, oh my gosh, like, are they, is this all of a sudden taking a super serious turn? And then everybody gets out of the car okay and safe and everything. But, uh, but yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I could see myself uh, watching this movie again. Ah, man, I'm torn. I'm torn. I think uh, I'm going to go, go ahead and give this a five out of five. Rock. So right um, up there. Yeah. Um, this movie was like nominated for a whole bunch of Academy Awards. I mean, for good reason. Um, it was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, um, Best Story, and uh, Best Supporting Actress. I don't understand why that one must have been a, a slow year. Uh, <laughs> Gandy Clark as Debbie. I don't know. I kind of thought um, Carol was a better, more interesting character in this. Yeah, I would agree. And I mean, rightfully so. Tatum O'Neill won that year for Paper Moon. I don't know if you've ever seen that. No. But she was like super young. I think she's like the youngest girl to win supporting actress. She was only like maybe 10 hmm. something like that that's it's definitely a really good movie you should check that out um but i mean it's for good reason that it's on the afi top 100 list it is a really good movie um it does have some slow parts in it and i mean that kind of kills a little of the rewatchability for me and the fact that it's kind of close to two hours um you know, I'm kind of a fan of like hour and a half, hour and 20 minute movies. Oh my There's gosh, just, you're so needy. Just, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I just don't have the attention span and sit there and watch it. <laughs> um, and then other times, you know, a movie like this 
seemed to go by faster than what it was. Uh, another movie kind of along the lines of that is, for me is Goodfellas. Okay. Um, that's a longer movie, but I enjoy watching it so much that I kind of forget how long it is. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just couldn't go full on five out of five, but I, I did give it a 4.5 out of five. Okay. Yeah, I was I was contemplating the 4.5. Um, but I mean, like, like I said, the, the one thing that really kind of tipped over the edge for me was just like, there, there are very few times that I will say watching a movie is, was an experience. Mm-hmm. And usually by that just means like I was completely engrossed with the film. Yeah. Uh, the last movie, the most recent movie that I had that was like that was 1917. Okay. And honest, I'll be honest with you like that. Uh, there are some times when a movie gets to that level where I don't want to watch another movie for a little while, just because I get so infatuated with how great of an experience that was. Um, now granted that w- that's not the case with American graffiti. That's why I was kind of hovering between the 4.5 and five. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm totally good with giving it five, but uh, 1917, man, that, w- that was a really good uh, watching experience yeah that's still on that list but it's haven't had a, a chance to check it out because yeah. i do really enjoy like um war movies mm-hmm. and so. it's a, a unique one so anyways not a rabbit trail but yeah yeah i enjoy the occasional rabbit trail wabbit season <laughs> yes <laughs> so any further things to say about American graffiti? Uh, I mean, usually when I give a five out of five, I mean, that's, that's not always saying that everybody's going to enjoy it. That's kind of what I used to say, but mm-hmm. the same five out of five is just like, if you like that genre of movie and you uh, see the trailer and have kind of a general interest in it, you know, it, I would definitely say, check it out. Uh, that's good to watch. Um, and that they'll enjoy it. I, I would have a hard time thinking of uh, many people that wouldn't really enjoy in general for the most part. I, I do uh, understand that there will definitely be some people kind of more on your side where it's just like, it is a little bit long. And I said that in the beginning, but yeah, yeah it, it was a good one. You know, George Lucas uh, had some pretty good work there before Star Wars. Yeah, for sure. Um, just another kind of interesting thing I noticed I, I looked up the, the 1974 Academy Awards uh, so the best supporting actress um, two of the six nominees were like young preteens yeah Tatum O'Neill for Paper Moon and Melinda Blair in The Exorcist oh yeah <laughs> Which, uh, I don't know, Tatum O'Neill's career went a little bit better than Linda Blair's did, I would say. But, I don't know, there's so many 80s Linda Blair movies that I love, so I can't really complain too much. A lot of her B movies. (laughs) But, yeah, that's pretty much all I've got for American Graffiti. Um, next week we'll be talking about another one of the greatest movies ever made maybe (laughs) (laughs) probably one of the most um, known movies ever made 
And that's Weekend at Bernie's. Uh, yeah, we got some kind of like interesting stuff to talk about with that. Um, mostly because this is a movie that you like you've seen before me, and it's an 80s movie, which doesn't happen very often with us. <laughs> Wait, are you saying that you haven't seen this? Um, no, I did, but it was like last year was the first time I ever saw it. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, I remember you said, like, oh, my God, you've never seen it before? Yeah, I, I do remember that conversation now because I was just, like, so surprised. I feel like it's one of those that you have seen, like, ages ago. <laughs> yeah, and since then I did watch the sequel, too, which I'll, I'll lightly touch on. Um, but, yeah, until then, as always, be kind and we'll